Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. A big job is opening up. That's because Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox is stepping down. This is the Reset Podcast. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. I will not be on next year's ballot by my choice. And I leave now with my head held high, with my heart full, knowing... That better days are ahead. So what is next for Fox and the state's attorney's office? We talked to WBEZ criminal justice reporter Patrick Smith to break down what's happened on Fox's watch and to answer that question. So you were at the speech yesterday, which was at the City Club of Chicago. Give us more of the reaction. We heard some applause there, but... Did it seem like it was a surprise at all to folks? Well, it wasn't a surprise to most of us because the news was out before uh, Fox's speech downtown yesterday. But I will say, uh, State Attorney Fox did wait until the end of her speech, end of her rather lengthy speech, uh, to make the official announcement that she wasn't running for re-election. And there were actually some gasps from the crowd when she announced it. You know, as a reporter, it can be easy to forget that not everyone is, like, constantly checking the news right, all right. the time. So I do think there were a few people in the in the audience who were— Surprised by it. And I will just say broadly, this state's attorney Fox, this speech was really freewheeling. She was taking aim at her critics. It was. Is that not typical? Well, she pushes back back against criticism all the time. But this was a little bit of a different tone in that she seemed pretty loose with like, you guys have been coming at me and it's BS and I'm going to tell the truth about it in a way that. Maybe I was reading into it because I knew what was coming at the end of the speech, but it seemed like a different tone from her. Interesting. Did she explain, though, why she didn't want to run for state's attorney again? Well, you know, she said she never wanted to be a career politician, uh, that when she ran for state's attorney in the first place, she she knew that this was not forever, that that she enjoys working behind the scenes and sort of making policy changes happen. Um, And that, that when she ran for state's attorney, she had a mission to make the office more fair, just and equitable. And she feels like she has accomplished that. And so, as, as you heard her say, she's leaving with her head held, held high. So one of the, the people in the crowd at the City Club was Anjanette Young. Her home, if we recall, it was raided by Chicago police. This was back in 2019. By mistake, she was forced to stand naked in front of officers. After Fox asked Young to stand up, Fox reflected on the uh, indignities of her case. As a black woman watching her stand in that room, surrounded by those who were there to serve and protect as she begged and pleaded for clothes. Touch me deeply and personally. Fox says uh, Young's case resulted in changes to search warrant policies. So what can you tell us about that? Yeah, so so right after those videos surfaced, while CPD and the city were still sort of um, figuring out what they were going to do, Fox changed her policy so that there were more re- requirements, sort of checks on the information that are used to to get search warrants approved and executed, uh, essentially trying to have her office say, we're going to need this information vetted and double-checked before we're willing to use it to try to act as as a, a preventative measure for for these kind of wrong raids that yeah. we saw with Anjanette Young. Well, let's let's take a moment, Patrick, to to look back at when Fox came into office back in 2016. So this was two years after the fatal police shooting of, of teenager Laquan McDonald. It was also about a year after video of that shooting was released. 
What was the mood then? And what did Fox have to say about her priorities at the beginning? Yeah, people were angry at the time about police shootings and a lack of accountability for police officers who who shot people or who had committed other acts of abuse. They were angry about what they saw as an unjust and unfair criminal justice system, what many people said was a racist criminal justice system. And they were specifically, there was a lot of activist movement aimed around getting Anita Alvarez, who was the state's attorney at the time, getting her out of office. Mm. Activists felt like she had dragged her feet in charging Officer Jason Van Dyke with the murder of Laquan McDonald. They felt like she had more broadly sort of allowed abuse by police officers to go unchecked. You know, not that she's in charge of police office, police police department, but that she had power to I see. to hold officers accountable and that she wasn't using that power. And then Kim Fox, she said she was going to focus on making the court system work for marginalized people. She said she was a transformative leader who was going to criminalize, or excuse me, who was going to transform what she called an embarrassing criminal justice system. I see. So she was welcomed then, it She like. was welcomed. I mean, I think, you know, the activists at the time, they would say our our goal was to get Anita Alvarez out. You know, they were very big into we aren't supporting politicians. We are we are holding politicians accountable. But absolutely, Kim Fox was welcomed by the activist movement and seen as a change, uh, a needed change for yeah. many people. Well, I mean, she mentioned some of the, the changes that she, she wanted to go ahead and tackle right away. So tell us, what did she do? How, how did she make how crimes were prosecuted in Cook County different? Yes. Yeah, so so one, of the, one, one thing she did very early, she raised the bar on what we consider a felony when it comes to retail theft from $500 in stolen goods to $1,000 in stolen goods. That is a change that is still being complained about today by business owners and other people. I, I think that uh, it's not just about activists, people who know know this stuff would tell you that those changes actually brought us in line with most other states around us. So even though that wasn't really that radical of a change, it it, actually maybe it's a sign of things to come that people complained bitterly about that, her raising the bar there. Mm -hmm. She helped push for the legalization of of marijuana and then more specifically in her office, expunged low-level marijuana convictions. Uh, She was one of uh, the She's one of only two state's attorneys who supported the elimination of cash bail and not just supported it. She was really one of the advocates pushing for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as we know, that's that's being held up in the Supreme Court. Yeah, right now, and and also Supreme tell Court. us more about the how all of these changes were received. Right. I'm thinking of political leaders, law enforcement. How did they feel about all that? Well, uh, people push back strongly almost immediately. I mean, there have been it, it basically frequent and vocal criticism of State's Attorney Fox since the beginning of her tenure. Every every sort of change that she pushed through was met with skepticism or anger from from a lot of the political establishment and law enforcement. I think it's important to point out. I think we can easily say she was embattled. She was she was always a, a target of attacks. That is all true. At the same time, when she went back to voters for a second for for a reelection, yeah. she won by thirteen percent. So there was a lot of criticism, but I think it's fair to say that the general public of Cook County, you mentioned how most of that most of the people was yesterday, she had a few choice words for the media coverage that was involving someone that she called a D-list actor. Yes, she referred to uh, Jussie Smollett as a D-list actor. Listeners probably remember because of all that media coverage that State's Attorney Fox was complaining about. Uh, it was uh, a few years ago that that actor Jussie Smollett, who was on the show Empire, is that correct? Yes. Not, yes, mm-hmm. on the show Empire. Uh, he set up a fake attack on himself in downtown Chicago, said that that homophobic and racist attackers had 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 hit him downtown. Uh, it turned out that that was not true. He ended up being charged with disorderly conduct. It was a class four felony. Uh, and then that sentence was suspended 
at the request of, of State's Attorney Fox's office, uh, he had to do some community service and, and pay a fine. Mm-hmm. And that became this huge brouhaha over that. People oh, said yeah. her office mishandled this, that he, you know, not just people, the the police superintendent at the time said that this was an outrage, that the, the way that the office had handled it because Smollett had, had you know, abused the justice system yeah. in this way to try to get attention for himself. And, yeah, State's Attorney Fox said that when she leaves this earth, she thinks that Jesse Smollett's going to be mentioned in her obituary. And she said that that oh, makes boy. her mad. And she was contrasting that. this, and, and I think it's fair to say it was a mishandling by her office. She said she recused herself, but then she was involved. Emails and texts show mm-hmm. that she was actually involved. You know, there was, an, there was a whole investigation into it that found there were abuses of discretion within her office. It was a mishandling, but she made the point very strongly yesterday that in the grand scheme of things, this was just not that important. Let's talk more about her relationship with uh, with police, who we know prosecutors, they, they work closely with them to, to try and get convictions, right? So how, yeah. how was that relationship? Yeah, they work very closely. I mean, State Attorney Fox has said herself that, you know, every case we do, police are involved in. I have to have a good relationship with police officers. And I think that it really depends who you're talking to and, and what group of police officers you're talking about when you when you want to talk about that relationship. I think that there were a lot of complaints from the Chicago Police Department and individual officers and detectives about decisions that her office made, like approving or rejecting yeah, cases. Yeah, they, they were saying it wasn't worth their time making certain arrests because she wouldn't charge them. Yeah, I think Fox said her aunt had her garage broken into and, and, and the police who responded told her, uh, you know, it's not worth to, to do anything because Kim Fox isn't going to do anything about this. Uh, so that was the, the general sense. And I will say this has permeated, I, you know, I said voters reelected her strongly and, and they did. But you go out into communities, you talk to people who are not otherwise thinking that much about politics, and they will say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I've heard that Kim Fox won't charge anything. And they are hearing that message from, from police officers and, and from others. She certainly had that reputation. There were a lot of police officers, and, and especially the union president, John Catanzara, who did not like He wasn't like a fan, Stitcher. was he? He was not a fan of Kim Fox. That is absolutely true. Yeah, she's received a lot of blame for Chicago's crime problem over the last seven years. Uh, the former police superintendent, David Brown, Mayor Lightfoot as well. Any validity to those accusations, Patrick, from your point of view? Yeah, I mean, I think there is some validity to those accusations. I think the hard thing with State's Attorney Fox is that as a public figure, as a as a very important public official, she deserves criticism and she, and she should be held accountable uh, when she makes mistakes or when her office is doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Um, and I have heard from people who think that that she is not the best manager of a of a large office like that. I've heard I've heard criticism of her leadership, but many of her critics. The, the issue is that many of her critics just did not come from a place of fact, and they overstated things. I mean, State's Attorney Fox yesterday talked about how she was blamed for the 2016 rise in gun violence. And it's true. That is rhetoric out there. People say that. She wasn't in office until December of 2016. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is in her speech yesterday, but it's a fact. that that, And so it makes it hard sometimes because her critics would be so hyperbolic. What I will say is that the large, the, the biggest criticism uh, levied by the city against her was that her office didn't approve cases enough, that basically they would bring arrests to them and her office would not want to pursue them. I have looked, other reporters have looked at, like, whether or not they approved or rejected murder charges more Mm -hmm. often and didn't find a big difference between State's Attorney Fox and Anita Alvarez, her predecessor. The Tribune looked at it in 2020 and sort of looked at a looked at cases that were dropped. So essentially they approved the charges, they filed the charges, but then later they dropped them. They did find a slight increase 
in the number of homicide cases that were dropped under under Fox and in the number of, of felony sex ki- crime cases that were dropped under under Fox. Obviously, very serious things. Right. An increase in cases being dropped. What State's Attorney Fox would tell you is we have a high standard and, and as we ha- we can only charge and continue with cases that we think we can prove in, ca- in court. So it's not a bad thing when we drop yeah. bad cases. You know, Fox grew up in public housing and, and was homeless for a time when she was young. She's talked about how she believes poverty is is behind a lot of the violence that we're seeing right now in Cook County. So how how would you describe her worldview then? Yeah. Uh, and, and how that shaped her job as a, a top prosecutor? Yeah, I mean, she talked about this yesterday and has talked about it in the past, this feeling that that our systems, both the criminal legal system and also other systems like the education system and the housing system are really set up against poor people, poor people of color, and that people are set up to fail, that we expect them to fail because of how the systems are set up. Uh, and, and she talked about how as a leader, her goal was to center the perspective of people of color, specifically poor people of color. Mm-hmm. And it's important to point out that is who is most often the target of the criminal justice system. And so she said, and I think that, that, that based on other people I've talked to that this is true, she's really the first leader of this office who looked at it as like, okay, let's think about it from the perspective of the people who are actually being ground up in this system. I mean, a day. huge part of that is because she's the first black woman to, to head up the state's attorney's office here in Chicago. She is the first black woman to head up the state's attorney's office. I mean, she talked about in her speech yesterday uh, that that I think she she said that when she was elected, she was one of like two percent of all of all the prosecutors, you know, head prosecutors around the country. Only two percent of them were women of color. Mm. I do think it's important. I don't want to erase her legacy. Anita Alvarez, who was her predecessor, also a woman of color. But they certainly had very different perspectives on the criminal justice system. So any speculation yet on who might fill that seat, who might run for state's attorney in in 2024? Well, of of course there's speculation. I mean, this is the, you know, this is the... the, the, That's why you're here, Patrick. This is the horse race. The, (laughs) uh, the, the, okay, so who's going to be next? There's some names floating out there. Um, Our uh, our colleagues at the Sun Times, Andy Grimm and Fran Spielman had a story uh, today, or I think it actually came out yesterday, talking about some of the people. Inspector General, former Chicago Inspector General Joe Ferguson is mm-hmm. one of those people. Risa Lanier, who uh, was or is State's Attorney Kim Fox's sort of top deputy now and has okay. handled a lot of the um, a lot of the high profile murder cases that the office has has uh, gone after. Those are a couple of the names that are being floated out there. Also, people who have ran against her before, like Bill Conway, who law, who has a billionaire father and lost in the primary to Kim Fox in in 2020. There are names being floated out there. I think it's really early to to say for sure, though. Uh, do we know what's next for Fox? Where's well, she going? If we take her at her word, it, it seems like she will be in the background working on policy and other reform, not not a politician. Now, I'm not I you know, she's a pretty natural politician. She's a great speaker and and she's very charismatic. So, I would expect maybe she has a career in politics, but she said explicitly yesterday she never wanted to be a career politician. So, I guess we'll see. Interesting. We've been talking with WBEZ criminal justice reporter Patrick Smith. Thank you so much. Thank you. That episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Andrea Guthman and edited by Ethan Schwab and Dan Tucker. If you want to read more of WBEZ's criminal justice coverage, head on over to WBEZ.org. Thanks for listening to the Reset Podcast. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. I'll catch you again later this afternoon.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.